Oh, hello there. Welcome to Poet Waffle episode 11, where me, Daniel Cockrell, invites a poet round my house for a chat. And during that chat, we explore the visceral space between fact and fiction, which I believe is more of a feeling where poets use their emotions to navigate the world and hopefully reveal certain truths that are neglected by those other fields. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome into my shed uh, an old friend of mine, poet, playwright, Nick McCoa. Hey, how you doing? You all right, Dan? I'm very good. Thanks for coming round. Pleasure. Uh, nice well, drive. Yeah, it was a lovely drive. I want this shed, though. I'm taking this shed with me when I go. Yeah. It's put, an, put, I'm put very, on the roof. Yeah. Do you know, I've, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the other podcast, but I've, I've never taken a picture of my shed. And don't and put it on. Don't do it. Exactly, yeah, don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. And I did that. I thought, God, people will hate me. Oh, fuck. I already hate you. <laughs> I used to love you. Now, now you're you're more, you're the most wanted. I want to put a poster <laughs> on my on my on my fridge. Well, that'd be quite nice. Yeah, oh, not for the right reason. Try and dart it. Um, <laughs> so we met. We met. Probably mid two thousands, probably two thousand and five. I'm going to say maybe six. Yeah. Uh, doing a lot of work in education as yeah. poets. In primary schools. In primary schools and secondary schools. True, we true, we yeah. we made we did some amazing projects. I think and they were really inspiring, not just for the students, but I think for the uh, for us as well. Yeah, we were all Batman and Robin. Yeah, led by uh, Jacob Samlerose and a. Yes. a and there was some brilliant poets on there. There was Charlie Dark, yeah, um, Malika Booker, yes, Roger Robinson, yes, uh, yeah, you know, to name big, gun, a few. big guns, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. name a few. Um, polar Bear, Polar Bear was yeah. on there, yeah. Oh, um, Inua, Inua, yeah, Inua Elms, yeah. There was some good ones, yeah. Um, so that's where we met, and it was really fun and intense. Um, I suppose one of the things I always think about you, you like you are. One of the funniest guys I know, naturally funny. So if we, if we, whenever I meet you, and we just start talking, I'm. I'm Is it me funny or you're funny? No, I think you're funny. I think you. I think you set me off. You know, but like, well, I don't know. It is, but you really make me laugh. But your poetry, you've, and I don't know whether this is conscious. And I've always wanted to ask you, your poetry is is serious. So yeah. the, the, there's no jokes in there. I don't think. Very rarely, there's a, you know, it's. But your persona for me is laugh out loud. I'm really. You have me in stitches, and I always come away thinking, "Ah, oh, Nick, is, is that a conscious thing? Do you think to be taken seriously as a poet, you go, well, I'm getting rid of that side of me, or the thing that want, you want to express is... Um, I never thought of it like that. I think, I think being funny is really hard. Um, I think I can be funny in public or with my friends, so we, you know, or, and, I, and I enjoy life. I get, I get that's part of it, but... I think even when I was writing, like when I was writing the play, even when I was writing my poetry collections, the poems that make people laugh, you can't be sure where people will laugh. Like yeah, that, yeah. that skill, that to to make a really good joke. Like it's almost like I remember I used to watch um, like comedy shows, and you'd watch them. You know, you shouldn't watch them, but then you try and tell the joke back. It's not as funny, and I think the capturing of of humor. 
Because what is humour? Humour is looking at the world in a certain way that we see, we can look at something tragic but see the beauty in it or, or, or see or see the, the ridiculousness of life. Yeah, it's usually based in tragedy a lot of the time, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, some so, sort of pain there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think if, because um, if, writing is what we do, I, st- I, th- I still think I'm improving. Like when I, yeah. I think when I get better, yeah, then you might see like, wow, that's a really good. It's so funny, you know. But I think I don't play for the laughs. The yeah. laughs are like so. I, even though I'm doing serious work, people laugh at certain sections. Yeah. But I don't think I intentionally go for the laughs because I, I think it's a craft. I mean, I've. I, it's funny, sir. I've for the last. So weird you say that, you know, Dan. Because for the last two weeks, all I've been listening to is comedies. Really, but the reason I've been listening yeah. to comedies is because they tell stories of tragic events. Yeah, yeah. But you end up laughing at them. Yeah, yeah. But but not only do you end up laughing at them, you end up understanding not just yourself, but the person telling the story and something about the world. Yeah, and the best about stuff. The, world. the bad, the bad comedy. You don't learn anything. You don't you learn just, anything. You just go. This they're like, just pushing buttons. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's like, like one line of joke. You think this? I I could do this, and I don't get it. It's and it, it's sometimes racist, or there's yeah. some sort of oh, we're 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 sh- we're, we're digging. We're di- yeah, we're digging. You know, we're yeah. hitting down at people. But the best stuff. As you say, it's like stories. It's like stories, yeah. yeah. So I've been listening to that. Like the best comedians, yeah. I've just been listening. To that. I've been listening to it almost like almost like your podcast, just like a ra- like a radio. Yeah, yeah. So like I'll be doing something else, but I'm listening to Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's weird that you should. I mean, I don't know when maybe we were supposed to meet today, but I, I I really like I as as an art form, I value comedy and I value laughter very highly. So I value. Not just being made to laugh, but somebody making me laugh. Yeah. Or making other people laugh. I value that quite highly. Like, if I can cheer... Sometimes my daughter comes home and she's upset. And I try and make her laugh. And when I do, just to get that little smile... Yeah. It's worth a hundred bags of gold. Yeah, yeah. Or my son, the other day, like, he he came home and he was really upset. And um, he was in a bad mood. And I couldn't quite put my hand on it. Was, like, was it me? Have I said something? Did I say something when we were walking home? And then he just says, Dad, Yo, this person was treating me horrible. And then I suddenly t- cheer up just like with tickles or whatever it is, and his world is better. And I don't think we we value the importance of of humor, of laughter, of joy. So I, I think maybe my problems are serious only because I want to. I talk about things that matter, but I, I haven't yet mastered how to yeah to to transpose that into comedy or into humor. I think the, the what you mentioned there about you're still improving. Like writing, not the writing of the poems, but actual writing and doing the prayer takes a long time because yeah. you sub- you still realise you go, God, I'm not very good. <laughs> you you have that in your mind, don't you? Even though you might have, you know, I've probably written ten really good poems that if I put them all together, it's like a smash hit. Yeah. But when you keep the more you keep writing, you go, God, I'm not, I'm not that great. I need to keep going. And you, as you say, you, the the newer stuff that you do, you keep. God, this is better. This is getting better. This is getting closer to the thing that I wanted to say. And I'm not mimicking someone else. Mm. Like when I started off, I probably mimicked I a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, because it's like you know, you go, oh, that's good. How do I do that? You know, you try to do it yourself. And then as you get older and a bit wiser, you realise that oh, you know, I want to say this. How do I say it? And there isn't anyone else who you can just look to and go, well, how did they do that? And so you have to look to yourself and go, how do I write that? And that's when your best stuff starts to come out because you really have a, a you know, a philosophy of like, okay, this is how I want it to sound. And I don't care what anyone else thinks. I've 
I've got this down now. I, this is this is what I want, you know. And I'm just reaching that every it's little step, you know. Mm. But then you always have backward steps as well, where you think you lose yourself again, don't you? you? Go what what am I doing here, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I have two analogies, and if they make sense. So one is being a poet is like being a warrior. The best warriors are still alive. The worst are dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it works, but <laughs> no, no. But like, so part of it is learning how to stay alive. Yeah, yeah. And how? What is it I need to do? Like, you've got it's an internal question. So it's not about how many did I kill. I know it's a bad analogy, but it's more about mastering your craft. Yeah. Uh, and um, so if you think of like an um, an athlete. An athlete knows that, you know what, I need to get to a certain level yeah, of fitness. Yeah. And then yeah. at that fitness, I can perform, I can start maybe breaking records yeah, yeah. or getting into... Or winning races. And or winning yeah, races, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so um, it's, I think when you're, when you're relating to it at that level, you're aware when you're not up to, to par. Yeah. So even when I finished... Up to match fitness, I always Yeah, so like, when yeah, I finished yeah. my... My first collection, I was at match fitness. I was yeah. at, I was like, wow. You like, if you, if you said to me, Nick, write a poem about this. Yeah. I don't know how I do it, but then I'll be like, wow, how did I write that? Yeah, yeah. Because I was, I, I'd been doing it for so long, I was ready. But then afterwards, I was exhausted. It was yeah. like, you know, end of the Olympics. You know, you're exhausted. You, you've spent all your energy. And yeah. uh, I used to have a drama teacher that used to say that all the great actors, when they, when they're doing a show, if you're not spent by the end of the performance, you haven't done your best. Yeah. So I was spent when I did yeah. Kingdom of Gravity. Yeah. But, um, and I had to relax. But then that, so the relax is necessary because you have to recuperate. But then it also means that... You oh, turn the tap off of creativity. If yeah, so, not, you, so yeah, now yeah. I have to start building that building that back up and yeah. going back to that warrior thing. So it's like, it's almost like, yeah, I've been to war, but you know, I've been spending time with a family and da 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 But now I need to get, how do I hold my sword? How, 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 do, how do I move in, with stealth? How do, how do I protect... Because you know, I'm not there to to outwardly, you know, the warrior's not there to kill. He's there to protect as yeah. well. No, I mean one of the th- the one of the things though, you're, you out. Of the, I think this is, this is episode eleven, but probably best episode ever. The best one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but the uh, most of the people on here would they would say oh, I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a poet. You're probably one of the only one, and I'd call myself a poet. And you're probably one of the people. I love it. I love and it. I think having been in poetry now for twenty years or more, um, you see. People who become very successful very quickly and then they're gone. Mm. They've got the, there's no stamina. They, they don't really want to be a poet. They wanted to be someone else, like an actor, or they wanted to. Um, or whatever. It is. But the poets that are still around are the ones that I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep it because this is what I wanted to do. You've got that in you, I think. Of like, oh, well, I've got an idea of what it is, and I want to be, you know. So yes, you've gone and done a play, but you're still writing collections of poems and. Is that fit into that analogy? No, it does. I, I think. Um, I mean, it sounds very. I don't know. I don't know what it sounds like, but it means a lot to me to be a poet. I, I like. I, it's almost like an honor. I know the world doesn't necessarily perceive it as that. I know in in the hierarchy of the literary world, you know, like, oh, it doesn't. You know, whether it makes money or not. I like. I I realize there was a point in my life I realized whether I make money or not. I will always be a poet. So I'm not, so it, I don't get me wrong. I have a family and I want to make money. You know, I want to look after them. I want to provide for them. But the honor of being a poet, it's like the honor of being a king. It's, 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 it's that equivalent to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I get to be a poet. I, I get to be a poet. And, yeah. and, and it's almost, because it's almost like being a, a good football player. 
and then somebody's saying to you, well, don't you want to go play? Yeah. It's like, if you're aware that you have this thing, and when I, what I mean by that is that you have the skill. So you, you're playing with your mates, and you suddenly realise, gosh, I can score these goals, or gosh, I can dribble past anyone. And then you go, well, you know what? So what do you do with that? Yeah. Oh, well, I went to work at a bank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think I've just taken that seriously. I've seen it in others. I've taken, you know, when we used to do slam. That's yeah. what we, remember, we used to work together. Yeah. And that's what we'd look for. We'd look for those people who had that little something about them. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and it's not always noticeable. So it's not about, it's not about flamboyance. It's not about, you know, it's, it's just, I, I love, I, I, I love what words can do. Yeah. I love how they can connect. I love how they can hold my emotions, the world's emotions. They create meaning. They invent worlds. Like I, I and I'm still learning stuff. I'm still like, wow, I didn't even know that. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. So, I'm clear that you know, if I live until ninety nine, the day before I die, I'll probably be writing a poem. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I'm just still, I'm still excited, but which is very unusual because I, I tell you what it is, because I never studied poetry. I studied photography and I had the, you know, I had my enthusiasm for it knocked out of me and people telling me, oh, you have to do it this way. And I was just like, okay. And I tried to do it. And then I realized that I'm never going to have to, I'm never going to do it that way. Mm. My way of doing it is over here. And big, but it was too late by then. So I, at that point I was just like moving in. I started, I'd write a lot of poetry and no one ever came to me in poetry and went, you have to write it like this. There is that. That exists, yeah. but because I've steered, I learn. I steered clear of it. I've my enthusiasm for words and the way they stick together is still the same as when I sort of discovered it when I was sixteen, seventeen. I was like, "Oh, that's good, isn't it? Look how you do that th- that line." And I was excited because I was excited. I just wanted to do more of it, and I've I have kept that excitement. And I, whenever anyone comes into my realm who says, "No, that's not how you, that's not right," I'm like, "Listen." I've got, I'm on a mission to do it my way. And I, hopefully people come in, they have done, you know, people come into my world and go, God, I want to do it like that too. And I was like, yeah, you can do it like this as well. And I did that with the kids. I'd done it with, you know, with Bang and people coming in and say, I say, look, you can write it like this and we can make our own world. You know, you're building your own little universe, like you said, out of just doing words. You know, they become, what's, what I love about it, you can write a very short, simple poem in less than three minutes and it can end up in TV. Mm. I'm like, how did that happen? Mm. It's just like it, they have their own little life and their power that they go off because you've done something with. It's not simplistic, but it's simple. You know, you you put some words together, it resonates with people, and they say, "Oh, can can I put that to music? Yeah, yeah. Oh, can I make a film of that one? Yeah." And then all of a sudden, you a team of people have made a little idea. I mean, I put it to you, maybe you were always a poet, but I also put it to you, I remember meeting you, and I think one of your superpowers as a, just an artist more more broadly, but specifically as a poet, and it's a skill that a lot of people that in, in the societies that we live in, particularly in the West, are, are destroyed, it's the imagination. So, you know, I can see, in what photography does, it, it tells you to look at the world through your eye, and the eye can see there are more things that, than we perceive. And in 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 good literature, particularly in good poetry, the image is important. Mm. But the image is, you know, there's there's the image of what we see in the world, but also what we see in our minds. So that our minds are that, and the and what connects that is the imagination. And I remember when we used to work together. That's the thing that we used to we used to we used to 
be a kind of like environment that would encourage kids to imagine. Remember, remember we, like our, our, our workshops, there'll be so much noise and laughter and giggling and, and, and kids would be, you know, wanting to... Remember, the kids, every kid would want to try something new. Yeah. And we would have challenges, don't you? Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, so... Um, but also, the, the range of emotions in that classroom was... I remember being doing... Class, you had... Kids were crying. We, I was, we were all, no, we were for good all, reasons. But the good yeah. but we were crying. Yeah, but no, because you're we, moving. We it was were moving. Dra- it was moving. So one moment, the classroom was in tears, and the next moment, the cl- um, classroom was laughing out loud because of all the different personalities in that room were suddenly empowered to go. Oh, I, I'm going to do my thing now. And, and acknowledged. It, yeah. I think because I think, particularly in the, in, in this modern times, we live in such a narrow emotional range. We have more, emo- there's more emotions than just love and hate. And even yeah, yeah. even in the spectrum of love and hate, there are different types of, of, of love that you express. And I think what we, I think what we, we tapped into unbeknownst to ourselves is that range. And we allowed, we gave the young people permission to do that. So what that gave them permission to be is be creative. Because yeah. that's where creation comes from. If, you, if, you're, if you're only using a small emotional range, there's a limit to what your creativity can be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not quite two thirds of the way through, but um, I think it might be a good time to tackle what I call on this. The world wrongs? Yes, I'm ready. Um, It's the Poet Waffle Big Question. So, your Poet Waffle. Oh, well, in previous episodes, we've had things like uh, what is. the most valuable thing you've ever lost. So it can be something along those lines. I almost lost my wedding ring, although I almost lost it. Did uh, our missus was not happy? I, I wasn't. I was. Did you find it? Again? Oh well, it's right here. Man. Oh, okay. I mean, Would that have been the end? The way, yeah. No, it just it, it, like I've like I don't really wear jewelry, and so the only yeah, only things I wear are from my wife. So there's that. She got me this for our anniversary. This bracelet. Yeah. And that is probably the only thing. Apart from that, that I wear, so uh, they they so they mean a lot to me. They they mean more than yeah. Uh, yeah. Save that ring. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I got it slightly oversized when I got it. Yeah. Because now I, I I find it hard to get it off. <laughs> it's just like I'm, oh, you know. Um, but you've gone for for your big question. Yeah, go on, go on. You've gone for where do problems come from? I don't even know, but what do you think? Have you got any ideas? Where do problems come from? Well, that's assuming that there are problems. Like, so mm. consider that there is a world. When it rains, are you saying, oh, gosh, it's raining. Is that a problem to you? Or is it, if rain isn't a problem? So I, I look at it like for, because one of the things I've, I, I, you, when we used to work with the young kids, we used to, one of the things you and I used to do, we used to empower them. We were more interested in empowering them to feel that they could write rather than worrying about whether they got grammar. I mean, we, we yeah, yeah. look at the grammar. Yeah. The first thing was, what makes a person want to write? So the, a child might say, I can't write. Yeah. So my thing is, is the bigger the problem, the bigger the solution or the bigger the result. So you don't want a small problem. So if, you're, if your problem is, oh gosh, um, where's my nose? Oh, I've solved it by touching, just finding my nose. But if your problem is, oh man, uh, can I run a marathon? you you it's a it's a much bigger problem so problems are actually a good thing we relate to problems as if they're a bad thing so where where do problems come from i think they come from our wanting to do, to 
to make shifts in the world. Yeah. So the iPhone, the guy who made an iPhone, that's a problem. Uh, got a computer, got a phone. What if I could put the two together? Yeah, yeah. So now you've got a big problem. Like, uh, but nobody's ever done that. Why would any? Why would anyone want to carry a computer in their pocket? I think the thing you mentioned about um, the idea of oh, I can't do that. So can you write? I can't write. Yeah. Uh, that in me anyway. So my the way that I navigate the world is I think slightly different from the the normal nine to five guy who goes who gets to work, sits at his computer, does the work, go home and enjoys his evening off. I'm I'm because of what I do, I'm probably in it twenty four hours a day. So my anxiety is oh I want to do this thing, how do I do it? How do I be, how do I write and be a poet? Because there's lots of obstacles in the way, you know, financial obstacles and being with your family. And so all this other stuff is there that you have to navigate around. And I'm terrible at doing it, but I have to find, they're my problems of mm. how do I make enough money to um, other people to see that, oh, this is what I'm doing and I'm doing it well. But I don't, the money for me, I I do it with no money, mm. but there's de- there has to be, you know, there has to be the compromise there. And my problems come from the world is set up in a certain way that says, oh, actually, you can't sit in your beautiful office 24 hours a day just writing poems. It's not possible because you've got to look after your kids. You've got to bring some finan- you know, some money into the household because uh, people have proper jobs and they, that's how they see the world. They're like, this is a proper job because it's, it's part of a structure. And I'm outside of that. So all, when I look at problems, I'm like, ah, oh, my problem is I, want, I know what I want to do. So most people don't know what they want to do. I look at it the way they want. I think yeah. the problem is is that the world thinks that they are the norm. Yeah. Just because yeah, yeah. everyone does it. So yeah. that's the problem. So he says, what, you know, what is the question? Um, where the problem comes from? It comes from an agreement. So everyone has agreed that nine to five is the way to do things. Yeah. But it's not he- like what we, what we sign yeah. to find. It's not healthy. Unhealthy, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, um, I think the real, the problem I have, if I, if, you know, if I'm looking at what real problem is, how do you acknowledge that you're happy? That's a problem. Because right now we're suffering from people with depression, um, a lot of male suicides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, how do we acknowledge happiness? Because it's everywhere. How do we acknowledge beauty? Yeah. The other thing is just, how do we stop complaining? That's my, one of my weaknesses. Like, people who are trying to succeed, you can't, like, when you're, if you're, you know, you're you're this athlete. You're trying to be better. You're gonna fail most days. Most days, you're not gonna be hitting the target that you're yeah, trying yeah. to hit. But do you give up on that day? Yeah. And you know, I was watching this program yesterday where um, uh, with Eamon Holmes and his wife, and they were in Las Vegas, and they were talking to a guy who was um, um, a gambler, and he he's won loads of money. He's like won over six million in one night. Once. Yes. And he says you got to play through the problems. <laughs> you got to play through. Yeah, your yeah, losses. yeah, yeah. So a lot of times we live life fearing the one loss. Yeah, yeah. I can't get this wrong. I no, can't exactly, get this wrong. But exactly. actually, yeah. you know, what people don't realise is so as poets, what we've been doing, I've been playing through my losses because while the world's been telling me that, yeah, you know what, you can't make money being a poet. Yeah. I've had to play through you thinking exactly, I'm a loss. Exactly, yeah. You know, and, and you know, I don't know if it'll work out at the end. You know, only only time will know the answer to that. Yeah. But I don't want to be, I don't want, I don't know what person I would be 
if I didn't play through the problem. I wouldn't want to be that guy. I wouldn't want to know Nick who wasn't willing to play through the problem. Yeah, yeah. And I think you mentioned the comedians at the start. They, when you get on stage and you don't get any of the laughs, but you think, I know that's funny. They, it's the same thing. Yeah. That's where we kind of meet with the with that stage performance. Remember, that, we, well, yeah. Don't you remember we made a, I don't know if it was a pack, but remember <clears> that time we spoke and said, like, we better be poets till we die. Remember yeah, we, yeah. I think we were in, it must have been somewhere in Forest Gate or something. There was a school that we went to that you were working and then you brought me in. And and we said and we said I'm gonna you know because because I think the t- the two best problems I have are a family and how to make this poetry work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like my family keeps me grounded. My poetry is my difference to the world. Do you know one of the most inspirational people that I always think about, and it's just because it's been the Women's World Cup, is Phil Neville. Yeah. I remember seeing a program with that he was on, yeah. and he had his uh, uh, kids on. And one of his kids is disabled. I don't know what she has. Mm. Uh, but she was told she wasn't going to walk. But because Phil Neville is so positive, he's a winner in every yeah, yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, if you, if, I was, if you was to spend time with Phil Neville, a week with him, you'd come away going, right, I'm going to achieve, I can achieve this. Yeah, yeah. And he's like that with his team. It's like, come on, girls, we can do this. We're going to win. No, they this. do well. They should have they uh, won, but they, they do And well. with his daughter, they, they were told, you weren't going to walk. He's like, yeah, you're going to walk. We can do this. She's walking, she's doing it like she's completely amazing. It's like because he had the, the spirit and the determination to go, we can do this. So he doesn't see problems in the same way I would approach problems. Because he's like, as you say, he's just like, right, it's the, I'm getting over that. Well, here, the, or the other way to look at it is that the people who succeed, they're dealing with more problems. Yeah. Like to play it safe, you have no problems. If I play it safe, yeah. I have no problems. But actually, everything we do, you know. You know, getting married, that was a problem. Like, how, how do I find... First of all, you've got to find a, a person that loves you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's a problem. Then you've got to think, how do I keep them to stay? Then you've got to, like, how do I propose? Where's that ring? The ring... Like, I had a ring... Imagine, I've got a ring to lose. Do, do you understand? So I had to... That means I had to find somebody who loved me. I had to love them back. You know, these are... The more problems you have, you're actually... You're, you're pushing towards success. You know, like, yeah, oh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we just had the moon landing celebrations. That was a problem. How do we get to the moon? Yeah, yeah. You know, if it wasn't a problem, we'd still be looking here thinking, what's, why, what, what's the moon? But every success we've made started out as a problem. So my thing then is, have bigger problems. Have problems that will make a difference to your life. So, you know, you know what, what is it to write the, the best book you could write or to go into a workshop and have that kid who doesn't even want to speak write the most moving poem that has everyone in tears. What yeah, is that? Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah. So where do problems come from? They come from our ambitions to make a difference in the world. Do you know what I mean? Amazing. I think it's great, great, great answer. Um, tell us about, before we go, tell us about uh, what you've been doing. Tell us about your plays. Tell us about your books. Tell us about your tours. Is there anything that you're doing or you, are you taking a little great from all that at the moment because you've been doing a mixtape tour with Roger yeah, Robinson yeah with Roger Robinson so we, we like we both had our well my book was out uh, a year or so ago so Kingdom of Gravity and his book has just come out which is Portal Paradise but we put a, a kind of a sh- it's almost like a one man show but for two people so it was kind of a fusing of theatre music poetry and we've been touring that around England so that that is still semi on but now it's starting to go on a more of an international tour so we've been to Norway uh, we went to Brussels and we, we're starting to look at further afield with that. Yeah. Um, 
my play was out, which was uh, directed by Roy Alexander Wise, who just become artistic director at um, a Manchester theatre in, um, in partnership with another lady, I can't remember her name. Um, so hopefully that will be coming out again on tour. And, and, the, and then what's the name of that? The Dark, which is uh, it's kind of like so. Kingdom of Gravity is about the Idi Amin regime. It's over eight year period. The Dark looks at the day that my mum smuggled me out, so it's a personal narrative. Wow. A two-hander. Yeah. Uh, got some really good reviews. So, um, And then right now I'm working on the third part of that trilogy, which is the second poetry collection. And that's kind of what I'm ultimately in. And I will be looking to develop another play. But um, I haven't yet found the the, uh, the topic. But that's, that's yeah, that's what Time. I'm Thanks so much, Nick. It's oh, been it's great. It's been a pleasure. Um, so can I take this shed? If you can carry it, you can, it's yours. Right. Excuse me, lads, here's a problem. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. We'll uh, see you again. You can probably find all of Nick's stuff online and yes. loads of stuff about Nick him. Nickmacoa.com. Nickmacoa.com. And I will uh, say hi if you respond kindly. Yeah, send him, send him some messages. He'll say hi. And thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. See you later. See ya. Poet Waffle was written and presented by Daniel Cockrell, original concept by Jack White, music and audio production by Julian Ward, artwork by Damien Wayhill, and technical support from Laurie Eaves.